Hello and welcome to Renegade Paradise, the official podcast of the Charleston, South Carolina chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. We are an intersectional activist organization working to build a society and an economy run by the working class, a society uh, that democratically meets the needs of the many rather than creating profits for an elite few. Uh, This podcast functions as a news commentary and educational platform based on socialist analysis from activists here on the ground in the low country. Uh, And by sharing our unique perspective with the world and by lifting up the voices of our allies and our comrades, we are creating a space for folks in this part of the country who might want to deepen their understanding of leftist politics, but might not know where to start. Uh, Members of the Charleston Democratic Socialists of America come from a broad, diverse set of backgrounds and tendencies within the spectrum of the left. Uh, What unites all of us is one common goal, and that goal is to build a different world, a better world. Uh, I'm CJ Bones, and thanks for listening. So today we've got a couple of folks here from the local Food Not Bombs chapter. Uh, They're going to share what it's like to keep the chapter running uh, with often unpredictable food donations and the, of course, natural ebbs and flows of an uh, all-volunteer uh, organization. So I'm just going to uh, bring up some questions and turn the mic over to Alex and Sam. Hey, guys, how y'all doing tonight? Hey, hey. doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so glad y'all are joining me today. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been wanting to have um, some folks from the local Food Not Bombs branch uh, for for a good bit on the show because I think um, you know what what the team does here uh, is really awesome. Um, I love the consistency of it. Um, you know, Food Not Bomb shows up, you know, rain or shine, whether it's you know 100 degrees out or you know 30 degrees. Um, we're just you know, it, I personally am just so impressed with the work that's being done uh, with the team and. Uh, with all the work that the two of y'all have been putting in for uh, quite some time now. Um, so uh, for uh, let's just go ahead and get rolling. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourselves um, and how long you've been in Charleston and what motivated you to join Food Not Bombs. I'm up then. I've been in Charleston for, I think this year is going to be 10 years. Um, came down here forever ago and honestly, gun to my head, I could not tell you how I joined Food Not Bombs. I just remember showing up one week. I had, I assume, a friend there at some point and just kind of showed up, started cooking. And that was two years and some change ago. Right. I think I've missed like three Sundays since then, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, full disclosure, uh, uh, I also volunteer with the uh, local Food Not Bombs branch sometimes. And, and Alex and Sam are, are definitely um, extremely dedicated. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can set your watch by, you know, you know them them coming and going and they always usually got some exactly recipes. 50 minutes late <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know this is charleston everybody's everybody's at least 15 late we're on southern time here yeah sure exactly <laughs> exactly um what about you sam yeah i've lived in charleston for a couple decades born and raised here lived uh, in Asheville for a few years then moved back um i've been involved with food nut bombs a little over a year now Inspired to join by my lovely girlfriend, Alex. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've been having a great time working with the organization. It's really fulfilling work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
Would you all describe a typical day serving or uh, cooking for the local Food Not Bombs branch? And uh, has it really changed at all since you first started? Well, it's certainly a lot more polished now, <laughs> to the extent that we're polished at all now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly, we, we in the last year or two, we've narrowed it down to like working in two different shifts. Because um, a lot of times, it's a lot to ask of somebody to give us their entire Sunday when they're going to show up, work themselves to the bone, and not get paid a dime for it. Um, so usually cooking crew shows up around 10.45 to 11.15, if you're us, <laughs> and uh, show up, turn everything on, basically try and figure out some kind of menu based on what we can do, uh, throw it all together, and then around 1.30 or so, I think, we hand it off to the serving crew, who take it all in trucks and cars, run down the street, and set up and hand it out. Yep, we serve at 2 p.m. on the corner of Rivers and Reynolds every Sunday. Cool. If you're ever hungry, come stop by. Awesome. And like slightly offbeat clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to make sure that we put times and dates in the episode description uh, just Excellent. to make sure, uh, as well as, you know, contact information if folks want to make uh, a donation or if they want to join either the, the cooking crew or serving crew or both. Mm -hmm. um, so... To kind of piggyback on that a little bit, um, you've answered some of that question already, but um, what skill set uh, do both of y'all bring to the organization and how do you think it helps the local Food Not Bombs mission as a whole? Um, well, it definitely helps to be very consistent. That That's something I'm good at is consistently showing up every week. We, we always need the help. We always need the bodies. Um, you know, you don't even really have to be that skilled to work at Food Not Bombs. You know, you just just come in there, chop up some veggies to put in a stew, um, get your hands dirty, and it, it's a good time. Right. One of our favorite mottos, never mind, just throw it in the stew. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, so, Sam, you were talking about consistency earlier. Um, do you think that is that so so uh, you think that's something you brought with? you to the team like your 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 ability to stick with it or is that something you kind of like learned by uh experience or maybe a little bit of both um i feel like i've definitely learned it through experience yeah. um just like the longer i've been working with fitnet bombs the more i've learned that like you really like it really helps the organization run smoothly um to have like a a good solid crew who's there every week and know kind of knows generally what's going on, um, how things are run. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And Alex? Oh, um, that's, I guess, a little bit different for me. I've, I've cooked professionally for about 10 years now. And I, fittingly for Food Not Bombs, we don't actually have any kind of like really authority structure, but it, usually comes down to somebody to try and coordinate it all. And so frequently I'm the one, you know, pulling their hair out, trying to figure out <laughs> what's going where and when and how and by who. Um, it's easily the most challenging cooking work I've ever done. Uh, it's like trying to come up with a special six times in an hour, <laughs> just trying to figure out a way you can make everything work and get everybody fed at the end of the day. Um, uh, does that... Uh, is a part of that struggle because of how it's a donation-based model or is it maybe um, you're not always sure how many people are available per shift? Um, is it a combination of the two? 
I think it's both, but it's it's more the first one than the second one. Like you never you never quite know what you're walking into. Right. Um so like you I I remember there was a week or two there where like primarily our pantry was flour and caramelized onions. <laughs> uh there were there was a lot of French onion soup, there were a lot of, you know, baked onion tarts. Um but you know, that's we do the we actually maintain really good supply lines now or we try to. Um, but there's always going to be times that you're going to run short that your usual hookups or donations haven't come through in a week or two, and you're going to have to make it work. That's right. God um, bless everybody who came out to food or came out for food from us at the time. Like, oh yeah, and came back. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, how do you guys feel that Food Not Bombs is helping the community? I mean, free lunch. That'll help anybody feel better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, like, there are so many hungry people out there and that we're consistently there to provide free food to the community, like, every Sunday. That's just, you know, it really, it it makes makes me feel like I'm actually making a difference in the world and in people's yeah. lives. You know, even if, like, you're just giving them one meal, that's, just, that's one less problem, like, a lot of people will have in their day, like... Oh yeah, you know, it makes a big difference. And I mean, no, the more stress you're under, the harder it is to like think with an empty stomach. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just I mean, amps up the difficulty level of everything else. Yeah, I mean, the problem isn't really a problem until you've had a meal and a nap, and it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so if we can fix the first one, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sam, you said something that I that um I really liked. Um, if um, you know, if it's something as simple as just a meal, you know, that's one less problem that they got to uh, handle. Um, and I think that is one thing that you can really apply to the world of activism in general, right? Um, you know, it's easily, it's easy to get overwhelmed by all the bad shit going on in the world. But if you can just do this one thing in, in your one corner of the world, um, you know, it adds up to a lot. I mean, especially if if a lot of people are participating, if uh, and and that's kind of what Food Not Bombs is all about, um, because Food Not Bombs has um, uh, branches all across the world. So by 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 everybody uh, doing a little bit in their neighborhood, it adds up to a lot of hungry bellies being fed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, and. Kind of based off, jumping off that last question, what does the phrase uh, that, that, so let me back up a little bit. So in a lot of Food Not Bombs uh, uh, reading material, the, the phrase solidarity, not charity is used a lot. So what does that phrase uh, mean to y'all? Well, it's, we're not coming down from on high to bestow a meal upon you. Like, I think... As far as I know, um, all of the core membership of Food Not Bombs Charleston right now, I mean, we've all been food insecure. A lot of us have been homeless. And it's like, we're not trying to act like we're better than anybody. We're not trying to give you a gift necessarily. It's just that, yeah, man, we have this organization. We have this access to food. You need this thing, and we can provide the thing. So why wouldn't we? Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like 
charity implies that like I I'm throwing a lot of money at um, these people and it's doing it out of the goodness of my heart. But it, like really, I just want to help like build a better community and like help support people in the community. Right. Um, yeah. And instead of like looking down on people, I, I want to like be there on their level and eating eating with them. Eating like we all often like. A lot of people who volunteer at Food Not Bombs even, like, they'll come for the meal and help prepare it and eat themselves and then help serve it. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's like, a little bit of, it's like a little bit of communion where, where the, uh, the the boundary line between who's who's serving and, and who's being served have, have, have kind of blurred. Um, yeah, we even had some cases where people who have been served in the past have come in and helped in our kitchen to help oh, I'm so um, glad you cook brought food that up. for people yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's almost goes beyond cert, like you know earlier we were talking about it could be as simple as serving a meal, but in some ways it becomes more than that. It becomes like you know connecting with people as as human beings and and like you said, mm-hmm. Sam, building you know building up your your community and your neighborhood you know through small steps. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that's spot on. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um. So what do you think the difference, uh, as, as you know, now that we've talked about solidarity, not charity, what do you think the difference between food, not bombs and say like maybe a church mission or, um, you know, a, a organization from, you know, you know, maybe a, a liberal organization, like where do you think the difference between food, not bombs and, and organizations that fit those descri- those other descriptions would be? Well, I think often a lot of churches, what they'll do is they'll have the people sit and listen to a sermon before they can even get any food in their bellies. And what we're, we're trying to do is we don't really have much of another agenda. Maybe once in a while we'll have literature available about how we're helping the community and how we want we want everyone to get involved, but you know we're here to feed people. That that's it. You don't you don't have to sign up. You don't have to listen to us talk your ear off. Just if you're hungry, come and eat. That that's what we're here for. Yeah. We also importantly, I think, in the context of food not bombs, is we don't have paperwork so much. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. So we don't have like Sam, as you mentioned, like there's. Place. So there was an organization not too long ago that would like make people sit and listen to like a 45 minute sermon before they could get a sandwich. And that's, that's ridiculous, first of all. But also like a lot of the soup kitchens or church organizations, they have a lot of red tape and such. And a part of Food Not Bombs as well is making sure that food doesn't go to waste if we can save it. And a lot of the stuff that we get has been written off by organizations like that. Was that time we got like 40 pounds of bone-in chicken breast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, well, nobody else can use this. Guess it's our job now. <laughs> there are there are some pretty wild uh, donations that come through the door. Um, that that kind of reminds me. I, I uh, was thinking about this question earlier. Like, like what do you all think is one of the weirdest donations that Food Not Bombs has gotten? Oh, my God. Ooh, that's a good question. I think the lime curd is a good contender for that. Uh, okay. I don't remember who gave it to us, but it was like, it was like a half a case of like jarred lime curd. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, I could make turnovers if we had that kind of time, but we don't. <laughs> no. 
it's it's very much like get it out the door get it out the door yeah. oh man um so uh, taking a, a broader view for a moment where do you two uh find yourselves on the political spectrum of the left and why um i consider myself a libertarian socialist um i'm definitely for a lot less uh corrupt government meddling um but at the same time I don't know if we can totally overthrow the government without a lot of people being harmed in the process. I'm 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 still developing my political views, so to speak. Um, but I think yeah, that's, that's kind of where yeah. I'm at at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's always a, a process of like learning and and rediscovering and and reevaluating, right? Yeah. 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 Like I like total anarchy would be great. I just don't think we're gonna get there in just one step. There's a lot of steps that have to take place. Yeah, definitely get there. not on an empty stomach, right? No, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm firmly within the broader realm of anarcho-communism, anarcho-syndicalism. If I'm being generous, but I don't spend a lot of time narrowing that down because I am not too big on reading textbooks and theory so much mm. i leave that to other folks i just want to feed people <laughs> i think I, that's fair i always i would always tempted to like actually dig into it further and then something always comes up and i go oh, anarcho-communism will do for now it's as close as i'm gonna get and i gotta be somewhere where do you lie bones on that spectrum i was oh, curious um, that's a good question um so uh i i think that i lean a little bit more towards uh uh, Marxist-Leninist theory, mm. um, but uh, I like how uh, DSA is actually like, you know, doing a good job at, at recruitment. I think they're doing a really good job uh, at um, breaking things down into like small, bite-sized tasks mm -hmm. for folks that are uh, maybe new to organizing. And I think Food Not Bombs. Uh, does the same thing, you know, because it's all about like starting small. I mean, there's, uh, if you're trying to start a Food Not Bombs chapter, there's always so much like, um, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money. It does it, it, all it takes is a little time and hard work. Um, but there's a ton of, uh, propaganda out there uh, to use. There's, uh, it really just depends on the person and the network they've built or the network that they're working on building. Um, so just from an on-the-ground standpoint, uh, I can really appreciate Food Not Bombs and DSA for, for those reasons. But um, it's good to know where your theory is and and brush up on it when you can. Um, but also, you know, not at the expense of doing that, actually getting out and doing things or um, even just living your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, you raised a really good point about, like, I'd so heavily hesitate to use the term big tent, <laughs> but it's actually, Sam, you also raised this like ideally, yes, anarcho-communism, but in practice and a huge part of food, not bombs as well is we are here to do a task. And as long as you are here to do that task as well, yeah, jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, as you said, Sam, like, I don't think that we're going to, achieve anarchism in the short term or maybe even in the medium or long term 
And ideally, that's what I want. But in the meantime, I work with Marxist Leninists, work with libertarian socialists, work with tankies if I have to, <laughs> <laughs> and move everything farther left and try and build this infrastructure and this world that we want to see. Right. I like that um, because, you know, it's, I think the idea there is you're not waiting for things to happen. You're actually getting out there and, and, and building those things. You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. building that base. You're not, you know, waiting for everybody. You're, you're not waiting, waiting for everybody to get the theory just right. You're not waiting for mm-hmm. like everybody to just fall in line. I mean, you're, you're really meeting people uh, where they are and, and you're just sort of, it's, it's messy and it's chaotic, but in the long run you get people working together. And I think that's what's yeah. important. Um, also, we're in South Carolina, so <laughs> beggars and choosers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that also brings me to I think another uh, related question: How do you think activism in the South compares to activism in other parts of the country, like you know, in, in the Northeast or on the West Coast? Um, like, what do you think is uh, how how activism looks here in in Charleston in particular? In the southeast, maybe broadly, and uh, where do you see it going? Hmm, that's a good question. I have to think on this one a little bit. I've only ever done activism here, mm-hmm. so it's I can't like speak to personal experience for much. I think you have to be very careful about your expectations in the south. It's much more, I think, materialist is the term. Like it's much more on the ground, trying to focused on things like feeding people, on establishing safe spaces, on giving people room to breathe. Because there's so much culture and legislation in like in the Bible Belt that it's tough to get people to even show up for stuff because they don't know for sure whether or not they're going to be safe or be ridiculed or at risk or what have you. Right. And I think that's a broader thing with a lot of Appalachian organizing as well, trying to right. establish these pockets and networks of people who are looking out for each other in tighter groups. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very well said. I don't know. It, I think it really depends when it comes down to it. It really depends on like what each community needs. And I can't really say what a community in the Northeast needs since I, I don't really live there and don't have as an intimate connection with that. Um, but what we certainly need here is we need people fed. Like that's like the very first thing we have to do before we can rise up and build a better society, uh, moving more towards anarchy or Marxist Leninism, hopefully, ideally, but you got to have people fed first. Right. Um, and, and kind of to y'all's point. I think there is always a um, there's a strain of activism here in the South that kind of runs through through the church. There there always comes with it a sort of moral aspect um, that I don't really see a lot in other parts of the country. I mean, I could be wrong. I've lived in the South for most of my life, and um, you know, most of the work that I personally have been doing is is here in Charleston. So. Um, you know, your mileage may vary, but I think that's always something that we kind of have to navigate. And um, yeah. I, I'm sure that that's something you'll probably ran into as well, or or at least like have had to navigate, you know? Yeah, we've had some church folks show up for serving. 
Um, and we've had church folks give us a lot of stuff over the years. Um, I guess the core thing that's Arkansas, like there's always, the church is not endemic. They're fundamental to any sort of outreach in the South. And I think at a certain point, you have to acknowledge that the church has those networks and it's, we're not above making use of those networks, but I think we do have to be careful about how that can affect our message. Like Food Not Bombs is very specifically not a religious organization. If church people want to show up and help out, then absolutely. But it's not for preaching. Preachifying, no. I think, was the uh, Firefly thing. Right. No uh, no, no. 45-minute sermons uh, before lunch. No. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. If you want to hang out while you eat, yeah, let's chat. But Yeah, and, and I've had some pretty awesome conversations, uh, not being a believer myself, but I've had some pretty awesome conversations with some church folk here in the community that, you know, serve with Food Not Bombs. And, you know, it's been quite eye-opening. Um, I don't think it's going to move me any closer to where they are on a on a religious basis, but um, it's good to build that sort of, um, I guess, mutual understanding, kind of see yeah. where folks that aren't necessarily like you are coming from and yeah. see how you can work together, I guess. Yeah, especially on the ground. It's not a zero-sum game. Oh, definitely not. I think sometimes on on the left we um, we forget that sometimes. Yeah, like everybody's really in a um, a rush to be right yeah. all the time, and you know, I think it's more important to be effective, <laughs> yes. um, and worry about kind of did did everybody check all the boxes or no? <laughs> you know, <laughs> later on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. There are certain baselines that you have to meet. Like you have to make sure everybody is respected and feels safe. And Oh, definitely. But beyond that, like, I'd, you know, you can work or you can pick nets. There you go. That's well said. Um, okay, so uh, we're about to wrap up. So I just got a couple more questions for y'all. Um, do you have any specific goals that you hope to achieve uh, with the chapter uh, within the short term or maybe the long term? Um, I know something we've been trying to do for a while is set up other days for serving or other chapters even. Um, we've, I know a while ago we um, talked with YDSA of Charleston about setting up something similar on their campus. And it seems to be mostly just people kind of coming to us for, for lack of a better term, expertise, <laughs> implying that we have any. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we would love to, like, we'd love to ramp this whole thing up. Like if Sundays and Wednesdays or something like that. Like if that would be the dream. Yeah, more great people if we could get like a chapter in downtown Charleston, for instance. There's a lot of yeah. need for it there too. Definitely. It's just yeah. a little issue with the Charleston Police Department. So <laughs> yeah. They, they don't like us so much uh, handing out food to people on the streets. Yeah. Yeah, we're not allowed, apparently. Yeah. Not the most legal thing to do. <laughs> I think that happened a while ago with... Uh, Certain parts of sort of uh, West Ashley cops a while ago. Oh, really? Oh, well, there was some, uh, there's like a very brief attempt, is my understanding. It might have actually been in the last iteration of the chapter. Right. Um, and like we kind of have an understanding with North Charleston Police Department. And like they work with us, or they don't, I wouldn't want to say work with us. They mostly just don't bother us. Yeah. Except sometimes when we see them like staring at our cooking spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but cert there are certain teams and, 
uh, municipalities or districts that just kind of don't want us there. Yeah. And there's weeks that we're hanging on by a thread anyway. And as much as we'd love to be there, we can't, we can't risk our member safety. Sure. Do you think that's because of the serving location or like maybe proximity to tourists or? I'm sure um, it's part of being proximity to tourists. Um, Cause like, I think, I think that mentality, the way that they think about it is, well, if there's free food, then homeless people are going to gather there. Sort of like what happened in Kansas city a couple months ago. Right. Um, I don't actually remember the name of the organization, but it was, it wasn't actually a food, not bombs chapter, but it was some, an organization very similar and apparently at that park, um, the local homeowners association started calling the cops, complaining about homeless people gathering, right. and the cops and the health department officials showed up and poured bleach on everything. Yeah, I remember that. Ugh. And like, you know, we don't have enough food to take that kind of risk as much as we would like to. Right. And also, like, you know, a lot of our members are at risk themselves, and right. I don't want to put their safety at risk. Yeah. It, it becomes a practical question at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, cool guys. Well, uh, I guess we will go ahead and wrap up. Uh, how, uh, can our listeners, uh, get in contact with the local food, not bombs chapter? Is, is there a social media outlet they should look at or, uh, what's, what's the best way you think? Well, we have a website and we also have a Facebook and Instagram pages and we're very easy to access on messenger systems. Um, we have an email on our website listed, and I feel like the Facebook page gets the most play. Yeah, I'd say that's that's your best bet. That's so the most just, easiest. Just like easiest search for Charleston Food Not Bombs on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's. I want to say it's CHSFNB, but I might be wrong. Or I think CHAS. That, I think you're right. Well, we'll have it all in the episode description, so that yeah, way and folks can. If you message that Facebook page, one of us will see it. Yeah, and. Plug-o, plug Like, we always need food, and we always need money, and we always need bodies. There you go. We are a black hole of all three of those things. <laughs> there you go. It's it's hard work, and, and people need breaks, you know? So, uh, you know, Alex and Sam, in y'all's cases, y'all are super consistent. So, uh, um, you know, and, and I know that y'all put your, uh, you know, you, you definitely put some work on your bodies when you, when you come in and just, you know, cook all morning and, and you know, get plates out the door as fast as you can. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely bodies uh, are, I think, super under, uh, underestimated. Folks yeah. always like to ask, okay, what do you need? What can they donate? Or, or, or like, do you have a PayPal account or a Venmo account? And yeah. and that's true, but, you know, sometimes just showing up is, I think, the best thing that folks can do just yeah. to give like some of the regulars uh, a Sunday morning off. <laughs> and yeah. You'd be genuinely astonished at how far we can stretch ten dollars, or yeah. what we can do with the random nonsense that you have lying around in your pantry. Yeah, like you, we can make it work. I assure you. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't remember what we did with the lime curd, but I know it was tasty. <laughs> <laughs> cool guys. Um, well, any uh, parting words of wisdom you all have for us today? Wisdom's not really my strong suit. Thanks for listening. Great. All right. Well, uh, this was uh, Alex and Sam from the local uh, Food Not Bombs chapter. So again, if uh, there's uh, if if uh, you like what they're doing, um, they can be reached out to on Facebook, 
on Instagram and on the website, which we will be posting a description or a link to in the description of the episode today. Thank you all very much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank this you. is really awesome. And, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back again some, uh, sometime soon. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> all right. Great. Thanks. For the tyrants be your minds. Don't cling so hard to your possessions. For you have nothing if you have no rights. Let racist ignorance be ended. For respect makes the empires fall. Freedom is merely privilege extended unless enjoyed by one and Exploitation.